0: you're listening to salon frequency a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture happy new year welcome to 2022 my name is Renee, and as your host on this audio experience my goal is to encourage your growth behind and beyond the chair in this ever-changing beauty industry We're kicking off the year exploring the evolution of beauty school, both within the curriculum and within the students currently enrolled at a time like this. Our special guest today for this conversation is Corinthian Carruthers II, co-owner of Creative Beauty School and creator of Natural Hair Education, LLC, and podcast. She is a licensed cosmetologist, natural hair culturist, and instructor. She has worked behind the chair, taught in front of classrooms, created curriculums, and run a beauty school for the past 19 years. In her bio, she states that she noticed the lack of natural hair education in beauty schools many years ago and made it her mission to bring textured hair education to the classroom. Her passion is to prevent new beauty professionals from entering the industry ill-prepared, by giving them the tools and resources to increase their education and perfect their craft. So let's welcome Corinthian Carruthers to Salon Frequency.
1: Thank you for having me. I really am happy to be here.
0: Now, Corinthian, I know that I just read some of your bio, but could you share your story in your own words or just like, who is Corinthian on a day-to-day basis?
1: Well, I will start with my story. And then we'll lead up to who I am today. My mother went to beauty school and I think I was in middle school. And she went to beauty school because she was paying so much money for her hair and my hair to get done, like biweekly. And my dad's like, you know what? You're paying too much money for hair services. Why don't you go to hair school yourself? So my mom ended up going to beauty school. Um, She got her license within a year. And the owner of the beauty school asked her to come back and be an instructor because she was that good. Like she was just one of those diligent students that went to school and did her job. So she was able to go back and get her instructor license. And then after that, she went and worked at a few other beauty schools. And at the time, she was also working at a hospital as a dietitian. And a lady came through her line to purchase, you know, a meal. And she was the owner of a beauty school in our area that was closing. So my mom and her were able to exchange contact information. My mom called her and, 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 and end up purchasing the school. Now, not the name, but just purchasing the actual school. So she ended up opening up her own beauty school. This was like in 1999. And by this time, I'm in high school. And I'm like, no way. I am not going to hair school. I am not doing the hair business. Like, that is not who I am. I was an athlete, I was, you know, convoy, I loved sports, I was, you know, like sports was my thing, and senior year, it came down to me deciding to go away to Tennessee State for a track scholarship, and just to give you a little background about myself, I've always been very quiet, very shy, reserved, and I stuttered. So I'm like, no way. I'm not leaving home. Like, that's too risky, you know, not knowing the opportunities that I could have had if I went to Tennessee State. And so I ended up staying home, enrolling in a local college. And I don't know what was wrong with me, girl. But I end up going up to the beauty school, just like hanging out, trying to get some money and watching the other girls. And I would, you know, take and judge. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. So I end up enrolling in school. To me, that was divine purpose. I enrolled in beauty school, and girl, the whole world opened up to me. Like, I was able to flourish and blossom. I learned so much about myself, not just, you know, about servicing other people, but I just learned so much about the importance of being professional, having integrity. Just, I learned so much in beauty school. Um, Fast forward, end up, of course, getting my instructor license. Then I went out and worked in a couple salons. Um, so I had some experience there and I eventually just worked my way up in the business at the beauty school and it has been such a beautiful journey. I've, I've learned so much about who I am. Um, I love to see when students enroll in school, I like to see them transform throughout their journey. They, they get to learn so much. And one thing about beauty school is people think that you just go and learn to do hair but to me, you learn so much more. You learn the science behind what you're doing. And not only that, but you also learn who you are because you have to deal with people. Like this is a servicing business. You have to serve people every single day. Give of yourself. Um, you, you have to watch your attitude and personality. You have to be professional. So it's not just beauty school. You know, I'm going to hair school to learn hair. You are going to evolve as a person. And so that's where I am today. And over the past years, I've kind of saw myself transform into a different type of stylist, focusing mainly on natural hair and noticing that in beauty schools, the curriculum do not teach textured hair. They just don't. I don't care if you're a black school owner, you know, if you go to the biggest school, their curriculums are not designed for textured hair. So that is my mission. Is to help us learn the basics while we're in school, you know? And those who aren't able to come here locally, you know, I can still provide them with the education they need to become um, just better aware stylists when it comes to our textures. <laughs> it's so much
2: to unpack there. It's so much to unpack, but I am so happy that you touched on all of that because. Um, one of the first things that stood out to me was how you spoke about uh, going to beauty school and the transformation or the evolution that happens. And I would have to agree with you that that is a space for that to happen, but it doesn't always happen. And I feel like a lot of times it's because of the mindset that people go into it with. You know what I mean? They like go in thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I already know how to do this. I already got this. I'm not gonna... They're not really going to teach me anything. And then it leaves them almost at a disadvantage. Do you notice that in Absolutely. your program or with with students enrolling in beauty school at all?
1: Absolutely. Um, so you have the students that come into school, those who are eager to learn everything. Those are my favorite students. Those who have never picked up a comb before because they're like a sponge, right? They're willing to soak up every single thing that you teach them, they're willing to um, step out there and try and explore. And then you have some students that come in and they already know everything. I'm only here for my hours. I'm only here to get my license. And they're not receptive to the education because they know it all. And those I feel that come in more open, um, with the open mind are
2: those who have the most transformation. With your background being that you, you know, you. At first, you were really resistant to going into beauty school and doing the whole, you know, natural hair or even just learning about hair thing. And you gravitated towards it naturally. Do you feel like you pull from your experience to be able to, like, I guess, crack the shell on the people that are more resistant to learning in beauty school?
1: First of all, when I started out with the school that we have, even back then, we didn't learn. Like, there was no education on texture hair. Because back then, we were getting relaxers, we were getting hair colored, we were getting cuts, maybe braids, but it wasn't so much, you know, of the natural hair thing. And just as the years progressed, and I think it was the year that good hair came out, you saw this big shift in a lot of people's awareness <laughs> of the chemicals they were putting on their head. Um, I started studying, you know, I, I, I cut my hair all off, I got into my texture of hair and figured out how to do that. And then I went to classes and just started just embracing this whole new revolution of of who we are and and what our hair really looks like. And when students come to school, they don't expect that learning as well. They come in thinking that they're going to do haircuts, hair colors, and, and, and things like that. And then they get the clients and they're like, well, her hair is thick or her hair is coarse. And that's when the curiosity sparks. Okay, how do I work with this texture of hair but I
2: love it girl I love it (laughs) you talked about the the good hair natural hair revolution and like that's a whole period of transformation in the hair industry in and of itself how did you or how did the school that you operate grow with the times of that shift from being really relaxer based to like everyone's now doing twist outs and box braids and all that stuff? Oh, well,
1: that's a good question. So my mom, who I think is just genius, right? She, she's just creative. And so back in the day, I want to say it was like 2001, um, she created a braiding academy. So it was like a braiding boot camp. Now, this is when still we were doing relaxers. We were doing, you know, all the cuts and curls and weaves and all that stuff. She created a braiding academy, and it was like a Saturday boot camp blast. So for 12 weeks, students would come in. This was outside of the COS program. They would come in, and they would learn braids only. And that was like the beginning of our school getting recognized as teaching something other than just cosmetology. OK, so then from there, our state started offering or they approved programs of natural hair, a culturist program. And that's when I came into play. So I started researching, OK, what does this entail? How many hours do we have to have? What do we need to learn? And I started to put together the curriculum to suit our state's requirement for natural hair. And, and I can honestly say like right now, we've, we've been in business for 21 years. And I say the last eight years, our chemical services has like been declining.
2: That's powerful, right? Just to see how the industry just, YouTube, I would say is a large part of it, but how that can impact a whole industry and have the impact be felt by professionals coming in and also the professionals that are like vets in the game too. What would you say is like the hardest part of being a, cosmetology school owner at this time? Woo, girl.
1: Well, the pandemic has changed a lot, okay? (laughs) The pandemic has changed a lot. So typically we know that with cos schools or beauty schools, period, because we, okay, first of all, we offer several programs. We offer cosmetology. That's our primary class. And then we have a skincare program. We have a nail program and we have natural hair program. So we have all these different programs. We have students enrolled in every one of those programs. and when you're learning any of those things, you need to be face-to-face, hands-on. And when the pandemic took place and then there was this quarantine, we had to immediately find a way to still train students but not face-to-face. So um, cosmetology, uh, skin care, and our manicuring classes already had curriculum set up to go online for students to accumulate hours through. So fine, okay, those students were able to transition online, you know, still do the coursework, watch videos, but guess what, natural hair did not have that. You know, you can't really get your hands in the hair and and get the experience with real clients that I feel that they need to build up their confidence before they enter the real world. But yes, this has been, 2020 has really, I say, waken up the whole world to new possibilities of education in all formats. So
2: do you feel like the next like wave of cosmetologists or salon professionals are at a disadvantage in the industry? Or do you think they're at a, they have more um, advantages because everything is like virtual now?
1: You know, pros and cons to both. For one, um, the confidence building is definitely, that definitely takes place when you're working one-on-one with the client. And students are not getting that, well, here at least, in Michigan. I know the students aren't able to get that experience like that. And I feel like that's what helped me come out my shell is having to directly communicate with the client face to face. Um, But then, you know, there are other ways that they can also build confidence. Doesn't always have to be face to face, but um, just getting out your comfort zone. Students will, will be forced to do that now. Like they will have to get out their comfort zone. They will have to attend these virtual workshops and and just get, you know, get, just get out of your comfort zone. But yeah, I'm really, I really want to see what's going to happen with this industry period. Because there is a lot of talks about deregulation um, with this pandemic happening. Of course, infection control is very important. Um, people learning how to keep their environment clean. Cause that's a, that's a big, I feel like that's why our industry is regulated because of that. But on the flip side, um, do you really have to have those many clock hours to know what you're doing? That's another conversation. So we really have to just wait and see what's going to happen to this industry um, two to three years from now. Have you had to incorporate
2: social media or technology into Cosmetology School at all?
1: Yes, we have. In fact, um, my lady, uh, they have put together so many technologies for the school. So students can have tablets now. They have their their book on the tablets. They have access to um, all types of material, and it's through technology. Um, So, yes, we have had to incorporate so much, especially within this past year. That's when the shift.
2: Like, the shift really, it kind of, like, forced us into it. So, when you're teaching students that are so heavy into technology, um, what have you had to do to, like, transition your teaching style for one you have to recognize that this
1: new generation is completely different like and I was telling my brother this Just quick story really quickly I was telling him about because we were talking about kids and how new children are being born into the world and we were just having this conversation I'm like it's so funny how each parent like when you have a child born into the world you have to figure out how to raise them according to that time. No parent has ever taught or raised their child in the same time frame as they were raised or in the same way. Like you have to make adjustments. And so it's the same thing with education. Um we have to continuously take classes and go to workshops and, and see how we can keep these young people, <laughs> these um learners involved um and not lose their interest. And so uh, Technology is the number one thing, you know, there's videos, of course, there's cell phones, there's tablets, there's activities that they have to do research, and it all involves their technology. I mean, it you know, it involves technology. So you just have to get out there and try things new. And sometimes for the older instructors, it's kind of uncomfortable because they're not used to some of the technology, but you have to keep yourself with the times, like you just can't fall off it's changing fast everything's changing rapidly
2: it's such a rapid industry and I want to ask you about salon suites how do you feel about the new age of salon professionals transitioning if, instead of going to a big salon or working under another salon professional just going to their own salon suite like how does that fit with you as an educator and also someone who has had their own chair
1: I at first I was so like, why are they doing this? You know, like for one, they're charging all these outrageous prices for one week and, and all that. And, you know, I still feel that there's some um downside to it because you learn more when you're around other people. Um, the camaraderie can sometimes be very beneficial. Um, team help, team support, all those things are so important and it and it stretches you as a stylist, it stretches you to get out your comfort zone and, you know, and try new things when you're secluded in one space by yourself, there's only so much you're going to be able to do and you're only going to be able to grow so much. So I hate to see the, the bigger salons, you know, dwindle away because the energy sometimes in those places are amazing. Like you have laughter, there's people, The I mean, you just that's how I learned. I went and worked in big salons and they were amazing. I learned so much after beauty school. So I just don't know how I guess education will be important again, you know. But still, just having those other people around you to either show support or you can time yourself against, you know, this stylist has been working for 13 years and she's amazing with this and I'm going to see if I can keep up with her. You know, all that is it's like it's disappearing. So I, don't, you know, I was really disappointed when Salon Suites came, but I mean, everyone wants their own space, and and I guess that's what they're trying to do is create, if it gives people their own independence and feeling like they're their own boss in this industry.
2: Surprisingly, the people that own Salon Suites had never been in the hair industry at all, but they can see it as a, uh, it's all just like a cash cow. Why? Because people have that mentality. You know, like, I want my own space. I want to be my own boss. And so they're like feeding off of that. And they can charge these outrageous prices because maybe you don't have all the pieces you need for the puzzle. And you're in this, you're thrown into this space and trying to maintain it. It's like, well, you got to pay me this money. Don't matter if you got the clientele or what have you. And so they could just, the turnover, the salon suite I'm in, the turnover in that place is crazy. Yep. Yep. And
1: let me tell you, just about every student, their main goal is to have their own salon. And I get it, you know, but there's nothing wrong with working under someone. For one, it's cheaper. <laughs> I mean, because once you have your own space, you have to pay all the bills, okay? Like, the money that you make is going to overhead first. And then if you have some leftover, it's yours. But there's nothing wrong with working under someone. If you're going to pay a flat fee and that's all you pay... Give me that, (laughs) you know. So, and then you said it. The people who own these salon suites have never even set foot in the salon, so they're just building up this space, scoping out these suites, and then putting a price tag on it. And I don't feel it's fair. And I just wish that, especially we as a people, as a community, can learn to support and work with each other. You can save more money, make more money,
2: and grow into a bigger company if you work together. I can totally see that. You mentioned when I asked you to be on the podcast, you mentioned that uh, one of your favorite affirmations is that I am blessed beyond measure and my steps are in divine order. How do you carry that with you in your day-to-day and fulfilling your mission?
1: Well, I know that my purpose is bigger than me. I know that when I wake up every day, there are gonna be challenges that arise, there are gonna be things that come my way, but I just believe that everything, how like everything is in divine order. I may, may I may make a mistake. That's okay. Guess what? I learned from that mistake. I may fall or you know, fail at something, but that's okay. I tried it. And a lot of times I just feel like a lot of us go through life with this fear, and I have it too. Afraid to step out, afraid to do something different, afraid to be bold. But you have to know that if you, I mean, if you do that thing, it's going to be okay. Even if you do fail, it's going to be okay because you don't learn a valuable lesson from it. And if you don't learn from that lesson, it's going to happen again until it clicks and until you learn it. And so I just believe that. I believe that I am blessed beyond measure and my steps are in divine order. I say it every day. It's on my phone. That is my daily affirmation. And I just trust and believe
2: that. I love that. For the salon professionals, new salon professionals that are listening, what advice would you share with them? Love what you do. Like,
1: love what you do. If you don't, if if, if this is a headache or a pain, you may need to find something else. <laughs> but you have to love what you do because your passion will wake you up every day. Your passion will... Keep you going, even if you fail, your passion will get you back up and say, "Okay, let's try it a different way. um you have to have some passion in this industry. you have to love what you do. This can't be because we' servicing people and people come in with all types of attitudes and emotions and energies on them and if you let any of those things get to you you're not gonna you're not gonna be happy in it." In this industry, you have to be happy at what
2: you do. Fully we close out our time together, could you share where people can learn more about natural hair education, the podcast, the school, um, and follow you in your journey?
1: My website is naturalhairedu.com. On my website, you can find the podcast. You can find my programs, a little bit about what I teach within the school, Um, Our school website is creativehairschool.com. We are located in Michigan. Uh, We have several different programs. So if anyone's interested in the state, you guys can check it out. And my personal Instagram page is my name, Corinthian Carruthers. And I do have a Facebook
0: community, Natural Hair Education. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned anything from this episode or were inspired by anything shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links about things that were mentioned during the interview. And also make sure you visit salonfrequency.com today so that you can join the vibe.